Hey everyone, welcome to this week's sermon podcast of Living Word Pretoria East. Here you can listen to our latest weekly sermons for your spiritual growth. We believe that this message will really bless you. Praise God. Are you blessed? Amen. Wonderful. So while they're taking up the offering, before I start, I'll just say the, the, the pastor was busy teaching the Sunday school class. And, uh, you know, he was teaching them on the Ten Commandments, and especially the one that you're not allowed to steal. All right? You're not allowed to steal. And, and he asked the class, he says, if you go to, what, what do we call a, a spence? A spence. Eh? Pantry. There we go. He says, if there's a little, uh, you know, can with all the cakes, a jar, the cookie jar. If the cookie jar is there, you know, and, um, you know, what will the cookie jar say to you? You know, if I say you're not allowed to steal, you're not allowed to take it, and the cookie jar can talk, what will the cookie jar say to you? And the little guy puts up his hand and says, let all the children come to me and don't hinder them. (laughs) All right. Good. (laughs) Amen. Amen. There wasn't an amen. Where's that little guy? <laughs> Praise God. It's wonderful. We are busy with a Holy Spirit series, and we're trying to give you a bit of different angles on the Holy Spirit and the work that He does in and through us. Amen? And I hope you catch it, because, but I know you do because you're a, a clever crowd. You're a sophisticated crowd. Amen? And I know you can do that, but I want to speak this morning on something that the Holy Spirit does, and um, it's the power of unity. Unity, being one, you know, or the the power of agreement, because you cannot agree if you're not in unity. We need to be one. Amen. So, so unity is something that you know when it's present or not. You either it's like the fragrance we carry, you either have it or don't. You know, you know when it's absent, and um, when there's unity, everything usually runs smoothly. It just works. It's fine. You, you accomplish that what you want to accomplish. But if there's no unity, you know, there's a division, lack of unity, all these things, there's just chaos. There's confusion. You, you struggle to, to function in that, what you, in that what you must do. True? All right. So in Genesis 11, we find something amazing. We find something interesting. God commands Noah. Remember, it was the flood and then, then um, the, the the, the boat got stuck on, on, his gears actually got broken. The mountain is called Ararat. So, so that's where the gears got stuck and broken. And uh, when the water dried, it says that God spoke to Noah and his sons. He says to disperse and just go out through, repopulate the earth. And the word says that they migrated to the east and uh, or from the east and they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they decided to settle down and to build themselves a city. Let's just read together Genesis 11. All right, it says, now the whole earth had one language and the same words. Say one language. One language. Same words or some other says in the same voice. They had one language and one voice. And as the people migrated from the east, they found the plain in the land of Shinar and they settled there. And they said to one another, come let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen or bitumen or some other translation says slime for mortar. Tell someone, don't be slimy. All right, don't be slimy. And um, 
They said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its tops in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, behold, they are one people and they have one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed from there, um, from them from there over the face of the earth, and they left off building the city. And therefore the name was called Babel, because the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from the Lord uh, and there, fr- and from there the Lord dispersed them over the face of the earth. It's interesting that God says that they would have accomplished what they set out to do because they were one people, one language, one heart, one mind, one focus. This is a great example. The New Living Translation says they were united. They were united. This demonstrates the power of unity. When we are one, when we focus, when we have one goal, one heart, one mind, one focus, it shows that this is what is being achieved or accomplished when we work together rather than when we divide it. So, so there's blessing and unity. We know all the scripture, eh? God commands his blessing. Where there's unity, that's what we do. We, we, we just quote that part. Unity attracts the favor and the anointing of God. You know, it, it gets God's attention when there's unity. I want to speak about on unity and the work of the Holy Spirit and what he does. So just tie that to your mind. Genesis 11, 1 Language, one nation, one heart, one mind, one goal, one purpose. They wanted to build a city. So we know that, that there's a blessing in unity because Psalm 133 says that. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It's like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It's like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing and life forevermore. You see, where there's unity, God comes and He says He commands His blessing. But He says that when we are together in unity, what does it say? It's like the precious oil on the head. Remember two, three weeks ago, we spoke on the change of garments. And Ecclesiastes 9 verse 8 says, Let your garments always be white, and let not oil be lacking on your head. Interesting. He says that, When we are in unity, it's like oil running from the head onto the beard, down on the collar, it flows downwards. And then when he says there, let your garments be white, he says, let not oil, in other words, let not unity be lacking on your life. And it's it's great because Ecclesiastes 9 verse 7 to 10 actually speaks about a couple, it's the spouse. He speaks about this, the, the love of your life. He says that never let unity lack. Let your garments be white. Let there be unity in the house. All right? Because there's power and blessing in unity. And that's what it says. It's like the anointing oil that runs down from the head, from the beard of Aaron. We know also oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. It's the anointing. And I believe that where there's unity, the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit will be there. It will be present. It will be operating. Amen? And that's what God says, that He commands His blessing there where there's unity. And, and just, just look at this, remember this. When the Holy Spirit came down on the day of Pentecost, what does it say? 
One people in one place gathered together and one heart, one prayer. They were focused. They were in unity and they were filled with the Spirit. Holy Spirit being poured out when they were in one place like this, Genesis 11. One heart, one language, one place. They were focused and they had one purpose and they were waiting for the Spirit of God to come, the promise. And then God poured out His Spirit. And, and in our passage where we read about the Tower of Babel, it says that God came down to see what they were doing. God actually came up, moved. They moved God because of the unity that they had. They were in unity. It says that God came to see what they were doing. Genesis eleven three and 4, it says, and, and they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city in a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the earth. They made bricks for stone, slime for mortar. So how do you know you don't, who's the builders here? You don't build with that, ne? Bricks for stone, slime for mortar. They wanted to build something, it says, for their name's sake. Something for their own good. Something that will elevate them. Something that will put the focus for their remembrance. He says, let us make a name for ourselves. Let us do that. They were building with the wrong material. That what was not authentic. God said, because of the evil in the earth, I'm going to destroy it. Because they came at such a place and a, and a stance that he says, they are so wicked. And this wickedness is any case destroying them. So I'm going to destroy and I'm going to keep a remnant. And I'm going to start with them again. And now they come to a place where God says, fill the earth, rule, reign, fill the earth, do those things. It says they found the place and they gathered there and they put up a city. Again, the sinful nature, we're going to build something for our namesake, something to make us great, lest we be dispersed, something for us. And they're using the wrong material, that which is not authentic, the incorrect material. Bricks for stone, slime for mortar. You see, and whenever you're trying to build something for your name, it's religion. It becomes religious. Whenever you're building something with your name on it, you're going to be responsible for that. When you build something with your name on it, you're responsible. When you build something with God's name on it, God will be taking care of that. He's responsible for that. That's why he says, be careful how you build. Be careful how you build. You see, God wants to come and, and bless us. God wants to come and empower us. But there has to be unity in the church even here. Because God can't bless and favor division. Because He's the God. It is a trinity. He is in Himself in unity. So He can't, because of who He is and being someone that is in unity with Himself, come and expect less of His children. Because we are in the likeness and the image of God. Amen. So if God is in within himself a unity and in unison, then it means we need to be in unity. God is not attracted to disunity and dysfunction when he's a God of unity. God's attracted to certain things. That's what it says. When they moved in unity, he got up and he said, let's see what they're doing. Let's see what they're doing. It moves God. You see, and Jesus praised this. In John 17, the priestly prayer where Jesus comes and he prays for us, he prays a long passage for unity. Let's read it, 17, John 17 from verse 18. He says, As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. And for their sake I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. 
I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, that's unity, that they all may be one, just as Father, you are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us. So he says, like we are one, let they become one with us and let they be one as we are one, so that the world may believe that you've sent me. Listen to this. The glory you've given to me, I've given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved me, or loved them even as you loved me. God is saying something about unity. About being one, he says this, he says, the glory that you've given me, I give to them so that, is it what it says? That they may be one. God's glory is an atmosphere. God's glory is a presence. It says, God commands his blessing where there's unity. God commands his blessing and his favor to the church where there's unity. God commands his blessing and his favor to the house where there's unity. God commands His blessing and His favor to the business where there's unity. God commands His blessing and His favor to the relationship or the family or whatever where there's unity. He says that He will open doors and opportunities for those who walk in unity. Because you become unstoppable. And it's interesting because He speaks on the glory. The glory that you've given me I give to them so that they can be one. There's a place in the realm of the glory that we need to be one so that it can manifest. There's a realm that when we are in the glory, it's an atmosphere that we cannot operate without being one. Because God is one. You see, unity does certain things. Unity leads to greater productivity. We spoke about God multiplication. So he says this in Ecclesiastics 4, that two are better than one. Amen. Why? He says, because they have good reward for their labor. They've got good reward for their labor. So, so we can accomplish much more when we're together than when we are separate. Even when Jesus worked with his disciples, he does this. He sends them out two by two. When he goes and he labors, he sends them out two by two. In unity. He says that why? Because there's, there's power in the numbers. There's strength in the numbers. Two is better than one. All right? But three is better than two. And four is better than three, and so on. And he speaks this. We see the example, Leviticus 26, God speaks. He says that, listen to me, obey me, have obedience. And he says, this is what will happen. Verse 7 and 8, he says, you shall chase your enemies, and they shall fall before you by the sword. Five shall chase a hundred. A hundred shall chase ten thousand. And your enemies shall fall before you by the sword. God speaks, he says, when there's unity, five, a hundred. Now, the, the, the magi mathematicians, they struggle with this, five, one hundred, and hundred, ten thousand. But that's what God says. He speaks about the power of unity. When there's unity, we can achieve more together than separately. It says that the people were working together when they built the Tower of Babel. And it says, and they would have accomplished their task if God did not intervene. Because there's power in unity. Amen? Amen. 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 Unity leads to sustainability as well. So it's not just a multiplication. It's not just productivity, but it's also sustainability. He says this, Mark 3. 
If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. A house divided, he says, cannot stand. It cannot last. Same is true for a family. Same is true for the church. When we are not in unity, it will implode. We will not accomplish that what we are supposed to do. God calls you. You are not here to warm the seat. You are not here to just hear and tickle your ears. You are signed up. You've got, you are formed to? Come on. Amen. Formed to function. Because God wants you to function, but we can only function in the right way when we are in unity. When there's unity. Because if there's not unity, eventually it will just implode. It will destroy itself. But if we want to last and be sustainable, there must be unity. So unity brings sustainability as well. Unity brings sustainability. But, but what is the things that hinder us? It's easy to say, okay, we need to be in unity. But, but let's talk quickly a, a couple of issues of the heart. Why are we not in unity? One of the things that destroys unity is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. Now, amen or ouch. You can say whatever one. The unwillingness to let go. The unwillingness to forgive someone. That hinders unity. Matthew 18 verse 19 says this. He says, again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where there are two or three gathered in my name, there I am among them. We love that part. Amen. And we pray that, Father, we are one, two, we're more than two or three here, and you are here. Mm -mm -mm -mm. That's not what he says. You cannot be in unity if you discuss or badmouth the other person the whole week, and suddenly you just gather them because we need two or three to be in unity. Because huh? we, we have attitudes and we have unforgiveness and all these things, but then suddenly when God's blessing, we say, hey, let's just gather, because where two or more are gathered, then God is there. Now, God speaks about a lifestyle. He says, there where two or more are gathered in my name. But if you agree, if you agree to walk in agreement is that you need to walk in unity. Because this is what he says. Now Peter comes. So it's not separate passages. It's the same passage. He says, where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am among them. And then it says, and then Peter came and said to him, but Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I have to forgive him? God speaks about unity, where He's there, He's present. And He says, but, you know, He addresses it. He says, hey, but the issue is we struggle to forgive one another. And He says, as many as seven times. And I don't know if you realize this, but Peter is like, he's like, I'm going to lift the standard. Because the going rate was three times. If you're really good, you'll forgive four times. And he's like, I'm going to really be good seven times. Seven. And Jesus comes, He says, what? I say to you, not seven times, but seven times 70. And some of us, it's seven times 70, 24-7. <laughs> okay. Why you laugh? <laughs> All right. So unforgiveness. And the problem with unforgiveness is if you don't deal with that, it goes to the next thing. It becomes bitterness. And bitterness and resentment. If we fail to forgive, we hold on to our hurts. It becomes all these things, the grudges. It becomes anger. And God says, I want to bless you. But sometimes we are the own cause of our pain. We are the own cause of our struggles. We are the own cause of not where God can command His blessing because we don't walk in that unity. 
We don't have that forgiveness. You have to let it go. You have to let it go. Another part that, that causes us to struggle to be in unity is jealousy. 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 Eish. 1 Corinthians 3, Paul speaks. He says this, Brothers, I was not able to speak to you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as babies. I don't want to be talked to like that. He says, I couldn't speak to you as spiritual people. I had to speak to you as people of the flesh and as babies. I gave you milk, not solid food, because you were not ready. In fact, you're still not ready because you're still fleshly. For since there's envy and strive, you are, are you not fleshly? Are you not living like unbelievers? Whenever someone says, I'm with Paul, another says, I'm with Apollos, are you not unspiritual people? When Paul speaks, he addresses divisions and disunity in the church. He says that you are fighting and quarreling and there's strife, there's jealousy, there's envy, there's all these things. He says, and we want to go somewhere, but I cannot even speak to you as spiritual people. I need to speak to you as people of flesh, people as babies. You see, and, and sometimes we get jealous of, of people and others because of what God does in their lives, how God uses them. And it causes division, it causes strife, it causes jealousy rather than unity. It says they were full of jealousy, envy, and strife that had divided them. And God wants to come and says that where there's unity, I will, I will command my blessing. You see, when we covet and desire other people's gifts, rather than celebrating them, there's always going to be division. But I want to I help you this, this morning, okay? Instead of being envious about someone else's gifts, discover your own gifts and use them. Stop looking at the other guy. Discover your gift. Form to function. But there's a middle part, Amen. You are formed so that you can be filled, filled with God's Spirit. God didn't form you to just do nothing. God formed you to fill you with His very presence so that you can function. Remember Adam, God formed him, but he didn't function until he was filled with God's breath. God formed the container. God formed and shaped the container, and He filled it with the content. He filled it. So God formed you, He filled you with the Spirit so that you can function, that there's unity, so that you can become unstoppable. Discover your gift and use it. Another part of, not just jealousy, but, but to, to be self-focused, self-absorbed. In other words, the easy part is just the me, I, me, myself, and I. That part. You're not going to be in unity. If you are me, myself, and I, that's the unholy trinity. Me, myself, and I. It's just all about you. You see, once you became part of the family of God, the me got out of the window. That me mentality, you need to lose that. It's no longer about you anymore. All right? The, 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 it's about, Paul says this, don't just look out for your own interests. He says, look out for the interests of others. Philippians 2 verse 3 says, do nothing from selfish ambition with conceit or conceit. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Count others more significant than yourselves. You see, this is an easy solution. If everyone took care of the needs of someone else, everyone's needs will be met. But if we just focus on myself and I, it's going to stop you stopping the flow. You're stopping the flow. 
If we come to church thinking that what is the church going to do for me? No one is going to get help. The church will never be developed. We grow in unity when we do things right. When we live for other people. So God wants to restore unity. Remember, one language, one voice, one people. They built something, but they tried to build something for themselves. Is that your mission? Is that your calling? Restoring, having unity is all about this. It's praying for one another. It's difficult to be mad or angry or discuss one another or hold grudges if you're praying for them. Who believes prayer, prayer changes things? Prayer changes things. Amen? But most of all, it changes us. It changes you. When you start praying for someone else, it's changing you. It changes you. So one is to pray. We said it two weeks back. Build up your most holy faith by praying in the Spirit. As we have Holy Spirit, that's what He wants to do in you. God formed you to fill you so that you can function. But there's a way that we need to function. He says, become an unstoppable force when you are in unity. One heart, one mind, one soul. When there's a unity, then God will get up and get His attention. Another part is, is that we need to love one another because he says the world will know that we serve him, that we are Christians by our love for one another. Not our love for Christ, your love for one another. Because some of us, we love the Lord, but we hate our brother. And God says, you will be known by your love for one another. For one another. True love will lead to unity. And you need the Holy Spirit to produce real love in you. Because love is a work of the Holy Spirit, but love is also a fruit of the Spirit. Another part of how we need to get there is to let go of the past. To let go. Letting go of that what is behind you. It will go a long way in helping us to build unity. And too many people, we struggle to move on because we're stuck in the past. We cannot get unstuck I want to tell you, don't let the things of the past hold you hostage. Don't let it divide you. You need to let go so that you can move forward. God calls us for this. He says that we need to care and carry one another's burdens. Bearing one another's burdens. This should be a place where we lift up one another. Help each other through life. Rejoice for those, with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Come on. Christian life is not a life that's alone. So listen to this. Be busy with Holy Spirit. Remember, then I'm done. Acts chapter 2. We're going to read it a couple of times. Not today, but during the course. It says, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. The Spirit gave them utterance. They were all together in one place. There was unity. There was unity. Remember now, like in Genesis 11, all together, one language, one voice, one place, but the wrong motive. Building something for themselves to be remembered. Building something for their names' sakes. 
And the word that says, and it sat on them or rested on them, remember that word that we spoke on for the, for the last couple of weeks means to confer a kingdom on you. And the Holy Spirit, it rested upon them. It's conferring God's kingdom. So what did God do on the day of Pentecost? He gave them one language again. Like in Genesis 11 where there were one nation, one language, one tongue, one voice. On the day of Pentecost, God came and gave them again one language. A unified language of the Spirit. A kingdom language. But God just set the foundation that again so that they can do what? So that they can build God's kingdom. Not make a name for themselves. But that they can build something for His glory. Building with the correct material. With the right foundation. Not building their own thing. Can you see what God is doing? God wants unity. But it's to accomplish His purposes. It's not to build something for your name's sake. Genesis eleven six 6 says, Behold, there are one people and they have one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come on, get this. God gave us a new language to speak in unity with one voice. He gave us the glory realm. He says, I give my glory. Father, the glory that you've given me, I give to them. He gave the glory so that we can be one. When there's unity, all right, nothing we purpose to do will be impossible. Nothing will be impossible. The word says, never let oil lack on your head. Never let the, the leading, the power of the Holy Spirit and unity be missing in your life. Never let unity lack. Because that's what he says. There where there's unity he will command His blessing. Amen. Come on, let's just stand together. Let's, let's just spend a minute, then we're done. If maybe we can just stand and you can just close your eyes. This is a moment where I just want you to be between you and the Lord. Because God wants us to be in unity. But there's one part that's so important is that you cannot be in unity with others if you're not in unity with God. God calls you to be one with Him. Because God formed you, God made you, He has filled you with His Spirit so that you can function. And maybe some of you, you know that. Maybe some of you, you know that you're serving God but you're not in a place where you really walk in love and in unity. Maybe you're in a place where you're not really in unity with yourself. There's division within you, confusion, double-mindedness. God wants to give you peace. God wants to bless you. That's God's principle. It's not something we do to twist His arm. No, it's God's law. It gets God's attention. When you do things according to God's law and His ways, it works. But you first need to be rooted and anchored in Christ. And if you're not rooted and anchored in Christ, I want you to, to get this opportunity this morning to make Him 
your Lord and your Savior, to get to that place where you walk into unity with Christ again. We say, Lord, I come in unity with you, with your Spirit, with the Father, to be restored. So that's the one. And the second part is, maybe you know, there's unforgiveness or there's bitterness or there's jealousy. Jealousy. All these things in your heart. And you need to ask God to come and touch you and let go of the past. Let go of the things. Get back to a place of unity. God wants to move. And He will move. But concerning the earth, He says, I gave you the earth to rule and to reign and to have dominion. I want to move through you. And that's why He's placed His Spirit within you. God has given us His Spirit as a unified language to make us one. I tell you, wherever you go, as we travel the world and we minister, whenever you connect with someone that's a born-again child of God, there's just this bond. Because the Spirit that God gave us unifies. And God wants you to be in one. So Father, this morning as we end off, I pray that whatever is hindering the unity, whatever is stealing, whatever is led us walking in the flesh, causing us to be flesh babies, not spiritual people. Father, I want to pray that you break that off. Father, I want to pray that you deliver us this morning, that you will set us free. Father, that you enable us to let go, to overcome, to let go of the hurts in the past. Father, I pray that as families we will be united again. Your word says we will know, be known by our love for one another. That, Father, we will make time and effort to restore, to forgive, to bind together. Let this just be in, the, in, our, in our minds and in our spirit in this week as we go. Knowing that you're calling us to unity. Because nothing will be impossible if we can do that. Holy Spirit, be our guard. Be the one that reminds us. Be the one that leads us and keeps us in unity. And we'll see the glory of God. Just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you and then we're going to end off. that what Jesus prayed and said that as you and I Father are one let them be one with us and us with them I pray in this week Father that we will be restored and that we will be one with you and we will receive the glory we will see the goodness of God 
because you love us. We love you. Father, let us just, in this sweet atmosphere and this fragrance, let that be here the whole day, Father, to just drink and let it flow and fill up. And let us all be aware of your presence. The calling of the Spirit to a greater power, to a greater unity for your blessing. We love you. And we say thank you, Lord, that you came today and be present in our lives. Thank you for just celebrating, giving glory to the King of Kings. We love you and be glory in your name. Amen. And amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you would like to know more about who we are and what we do, go visit our website on lwpe.co.za. You are formed to function, so let's build.